Kia ora and welcome to the Female Career Podcast. My name's Anna Johnston and I work as a leadership and career coach for women. I'm looking forward to sharing with you an inspiring collection of career stories of a diverse range of women of Aotearoa New Zealand. I hope that by listening to these stories, you'll feel inspired in your own career. If you do enjoy the story, please head along to our website, thefemalecareer.com, where we have lots more stories of wonderful Kiwi women and their careers. We'd also love you to subscribe to our podcast so that you have all the episodes at your fingertips. And please do tell your friends and family about it too. For now, though, I hope you enjoy listening to this career story. I'm really looking forward to speaking with Teresa Tepanier Ashton and hearing more about her career journey. Teresa is known as a kind, astute and respected leader. After a 12-year career working internationally with Citibank, during which time she rose from service assistant to vice president, she put her decades of community and corporate governance experience to work for her people. Teresa was the CEO of Te Runanga a Iwi o Napui from 2004 to 2011. Today, she's the CEO of Māori Women's Development Incorporated, an inspirational and well-resourced organisation that provides loans and wraparound support for wahine māre in business and their whānau. She's been recognised and received many awards for her decisive and empowering leadership, including in both 2015 and 2016, being a finalist in the New Zealand Women of Influence Awards. In 2016, she was recognised with the Local Hero Award as part of New Zealander of the Year, and was also made a member of the New Zealand Order of Merit for service to Māori and business. I'm really interested to hear more about Teresa and her career journey today. So kia ora, Teresa, and thank you very much for joining me. Kia ora, thanks for having me. Ah, you're welcome. So the first question that I wanted to ask was, if you think back to when you were a child or a teenager, what kind of good jobs or careers did you aspire to? Mm. Gosh, that's a long time ago, but I, to tell you the truth, I always knew I wanted to be involved in business at a young age, and that was influenced by my own parents who had a business. In fact, they worked hard to set up that business. My, you know, my dad held down three jobs, and unfortunately, we hardly saw him as a result of it, but the consequence was that they set up their own business in South Auckland, and we it was a family business, and so... I think that really rubbed off onto me. I mean, I like the interaction with clients, but the goal setting and also the, even the paperwork that went along with it. So I, I really enjoyed it as a young child or teenager, being involved and having those conversations at the dinner table about the business and what to do the next day. So it really rubbed off on me in a, re, in a really big way. Mm, it's really interesting. And it is interesting to look back and see that family influence and and actually how it can then follow through with you in your in your own career. Absolutely. Tell me about the highlights and challenges of the first few years of your career. My first role ever, I was only 17, pretty much straight out of school, and I worked for a Danish engineering firm and they were a small office, representative office here in New Zealand. And I got to use my own initiative at quite an early age, developing systems and processes, building relationships amongst the crew. I was really accepted for who I was. In fact, I I think because there's quite a distinct Danish culture and I had my own Māori culture, we really blended really well and and I fitted in. I learned Danish because I was transferred to uh, the head office during summer breaks and eventually moved there for two years. 
And so I've learned the value of immersing yourself in someone else's culture. And so that that was probably what set me set me aside or really paved my way into really how who I would be and what my potential was as an individual at quite a young age. I joined that at 17. By 19, I was in Denmark filling in during the summer period because I could speak the language, because I had already developed systems in New Zealand. And eventually they wanted me in the head office and I really thrived in that environment. How wonderful. And at a young age to up sticks, move overseas, learn different language, different culture. Exciting, but probably a bit terrifying as well. Well, in fact, in fact I, I, I don't recall any of the challenges that, that, in that particular role because for me it was an adventure, learning new things, meeting new people, and of course, travelling around the world. Yeah, absolutely. And you said that helped you realise your potential. So where did you move on to from there? Yes, from there, I that's when I moved to the bank. You know, it was once again a US bank, Citibank, and it was all new learning again. We were only a small office at the time. In fact, I was employee number 13, lucky, very much lucky for me. And I was like a sponge. I got the opportunity to move around different areas. And eventually, I had the opportunity to work in transactional banking alongside corporates here in New Zealand. Um, And, you know, as a result of that, we ended up pioneering an online transactional banking system, which is commonly known now as online banking. But the key for that particular role was to teach treasury departments to maximise the potential of managing cash globally in an online real-time environment. And that was never done. That was the first of the first. And so once again, constant international travelling, which at the time was fun until I started having children, which, to tell you the truth, was the ultimate reason why I ended up leaving. It's not nice when you have a sick child and you're somewhere off in the world and you get told that they're in hospital. And so it was those sorts of challenges. I had children at a late age in my early 30s. They were everything to me and ultimately I chose them. And I think for any working parents, there's that challenge of career and family and how do you somehow balance the two? And it's never going to be perfect, the balance, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see with less travel and more working from home, whether that can help maybe rebalance. Absolutely. In fact, if, if anyone knew me, they'd, they'd know that I planned I planned my life. Everything was a planning um, roadmap for me. And in actual fact, I had planned not to have children and had decided um, to wait until I was, I felt I was much more mature and could cope and could handle it. And so by early 30s, I'm ready. And part of that was also because in those days, it was commonly felt that once you had children, you had to stay home. Mm-hmm. Women have to stay home. And so I refused to have that as an option because but what I didn't realise then was that I could actually have both. And so, so, you know, it wasn't until I had my first daughter that I realised, why am I focusing on a career? I need to focus on my family. And then, of course, eventually I, have, I had both. I developed both, really, because you can, you know, my husband is amazing and still is amazing and he was stay-at-home dad, so we worked things out. I think it's that I often speaking to women in their 30s, is that uh, transition period, what is important to me? And there is no right answer. It's very personal for everybody. But 
ultimately to, it sounds like for you, how, how you managed to find a way to balance both. And I like the way you described Absolutely. that in, in your life. And what was the journey then to uh, to become the CEO of Te Rorunga Aui o Napui? Yes, absolutely. Actually, I had a short stint with Hawk Research um, assisting Māori landowners to develop and accelerate their land and, and produce to market, which I believe gave me the confidence and impetus to now know that, gosh, if I can do this for other iwi, I can do this for my own. And so when the role was became available, I proudly put my hand up. And for me, that was a moment that pivoted my career because really at the end of the day, no one knew me until I took on this role. Mm. And for me, it was an honour to be amongst my own family, developing and growing the potential of staff, developing strategies alongside the board, aligning business plans, creating business opportunities. That's everything I love. But of course, there were challenges and the demands that your own people put on you, the need to empower both upward with the board and, of course, with your staff. You know, I'd never, ever come across that before, but it's something that I did cope with in the end, of course, and got to love. So for me, that was my dream job, Mm. to tell you the truth. Mm. And I, I, I did love every minute of it. There were lots of challenges, you know, but for me, challenges create solutions and I just thrived and loved it. Yeah, and often roles do have a do have a time period on them. Is that that as we grow and the organisation grows, and you're looking maybe for a different challenge, but also I like the way you described in that that you put your hand up for it and had that belief in yourself to say yes, I re- I have something to offer, I have something to give, I believe I can do this. Yeah, absolutely. But the the one thing that I didn't realise until that particular role was my ability to develop others. Mm. So to put the emphasis on your team to ensure that your team were ready and capable and confident about what they could do really makes you as a CEO. It's not you being the CEO. Absolutely. It's through your team and, and as you say, empowering them to grow and develop and learn and deliver. Absolutely. And then you obviously weren't put off being a CEO because you decided to step back into, into a different role, but this time with Māori Women's Development, Inc., Yes, Māori Women's Development is a financial development entity and our role is to ensure Māori women and their whānau start or expand businesses. And of course, in doing that, we're ensuring that Māori women participate equitably, socially, environmentally and economically. And of course, that's that's part of my passion, is to not only have have worked in the corporate, but now bring those skills into my iwi. And here I still get to work with Māori, but Māori women. And that's the part that I love. It's about developing equity and ensuring that Māori, wahine Māori have equitable opportunities. And so that's what we thrive to do and it's what we, we do on a daily basis and I love every aspect of that potentiality really. Mm, and you must come across and meet some amazing women as well as part of, uh, as part of your work. It's amazing. It's so amazing what our women are doing and, you know, in amongst their communities and various industries and also throughout New Zealand. It's it's just mind-boggling what our women are doing and can do. Absolutely. Uh, In terms of, you've been a CEO for quite a while now and some people say it can be an incredibly tough job, the buck stops with you, it can be a bit lonely sometimes. What have been your experiences of, of being a CEO? 
Yes, I think, I mean, obviously the loneliness is there, but probably one of the biggest challenges that I think we all have is around balancing, you know, that uh, both work and home. Mm. And so I'm, but at the end of the day, I, as much as I can feel lonely, I feel as much aroha and empathy and excitement for my own team. Mm. And that's what brings me joy because we're a family. We're not, as much as they're my staff, actually we're a big family. We have children come in, we have pets come in, we have a bird in here today. And it's because we each share each other's load Mm. and we help each other emotionally, mentally, and also in our everyday work life. So I think that's probably what's helped me in this. And to be a CEO, it's not just about me. It's about everyone else. And I think sometimes if you distract yourself as well and worry about everyone else, then your life is small in comparison. Mm, Nice perspective to put on it. And as you look back on your career, what have been some of the the toughest career challenges or or moments that you faced? Yeah, I think right now... um, balancing a career with, I mentioned it before, with family. I mean, I currently commute and if I'm lucky, I get to see my husband every weekend, My child, who lives in Rosadoa, my children live in and grandchildren live in Auckland, so I might see them once a month. And for a deep-rooted, whānau-oriented person, that's the most challenging part of my life right now. And um, it actually makes me emotional. And I think it's the one, the things that make you emotional that are the biggest challenges. Mm. And so I do have to work very hard on allowing time to just be with family. And I think, as you said, that, that the emotional things, that when you feel that, it's usually a sign that there's something in there that's quite deep that's, that's somehow resonated with your values or something that's that's come up as well. And I know yes, that absolutely. that's a challenge that, as I said, working parents and, and particularly working mums, and, you know, I know you said you've got grandkids as well, that does that does come up for them. So it's really, thank you for sharing it and being all right to, to talk about it. The title of this this podcast is The Female Career. I wondered if there are any particular challenges or obstacles that you might have faced as a woman in your career. Absolutely. I think that I probably came across it more in corporate banking, where really I was the only Māori in senior management. Of course, there are many biases that exist in any environment, and I think that at times it's exhausting to put up with. And I've gotten to a stage in my life where I just won't anymore. I'll just either exclude myself from that situation or say something directly that I sometimes regret because I've just gotten to the stage in my life where, hey, look, I've paid as much tax as you. I am proud of who I am. I'm the best version of me, so leave me alone. And in the earlier days, it hasn't only happened in the corporate life, just amongst ourselves when I was at the iwi, I'm a woman and so there's a place for a woman. And culturally, I accept that. But when it comes to the fact that you're the CEO, there's also a role for you because you are the CEO. And sometimes that gets blurred. I think I've managed much of that gracefully. And if I haven't, I apologise. And I'm guessing you probably also see some of those challenges come through in the women that you uh, now work with in terms of wahine māori and business and in their careers. Yes, absolutely. 
it's not as bad as it used to be in the, I'll say, the earlier years. Sometimes it just sticks out like a sore thumb and you just either have to say something or walk away. Mm. Yeah, makes sense. We talked a bit about some of the challenges, but what about some of the proudest moments of your career? Gosh, I think I feel as if I'm so fortunate to have walked the path that I have walked. Much of it, I believe I've planned it or already decided that's I've had a bit of a, I've been involved in directing the way my career will, will lead me to. And so I, at the end of the day, my most proudest career moment would have been working for my own iwi, giving back to the people you love is one of the highlights that any person could have, even though there were many challenges. <laughs> but really working for your own, and there's generally a, a, a joke amongst iwi, oh gosh, you know, you're working for your own iwi, how do you put up with it? But actually, I think that if you love and you, you're passionate about your people, you can do anything. And that's really what I am. I'm passionate about my people, most definitely my own iwi, I'm currently the chair of a post-settlement group, Iwi, in the north as well. And I do those things because I love, absolutely love my my whānau to the bone. Yep, I can hear that. I can hear it coming through, the, the passion and the love coming through. <laughs> and it's wonderful to hear. Yeah, thank you. You've talked a little bit about the kind of the balance and with the commuting that can be tough. You know, more broadly, you have a busy life, a big role, a broader family. What do you do to find balance between work and, and non-work life? My go-to thing is to read. I love, I love, love books. I uh, probably have about 10 books on the run on my iPad all the time. So that's my go-to relax, sink yourself into some, into distract yourself moment. I mean, it relaxes me the most. I just love being home as well. I love just being with my husband, not talking about work because he doesn't allow me to talk about work and I can be me at home, (laughs) not dress up, just lax out in whatever I want to wear, uh, whatever shoot, slippers all day, whatever it is. It's not the corporate or CEO person. It's the wife, the mum, the grandmum. And I think that's what we have to value more and more. But yeah, my go-to thing is reading. I love, I can, I walk a lot. I, I'm a life coach and I get life coaching as well. So it's all the things that help you. Oh, and I meditate as well. So it's all the things that help you balance who you are uh, so that you can cope from one stress to the next stress, really. And I think as much as you can do, whatever it, might be to relax yourself, you should go and do it. Mm. And it's very personal as well. But, you know, I like the fact you talked about the reading and the walking and the time with family, the meditation, all those things making a big difference for you. Yes, absolutely. I don't think I could cope if I didn't do all those things. Mm. And where do you see your career heading in the future? Yes, actually, at the moment, uh, I mean, I think for me, it's probably more boards. At the moment, I'm on the board of a fintech company developing open banking and digital currencies, which is sort of going back to my um, previous corporate role. But it's the way of the future, the the ability to make new ground and once again, ensure there's equity in the finance industry. So other than trying to 
keep up with the fintech, with the tech, digital environment. For me, it's really about probably taking on more responsibility in, in governance roles if and when I depart my current role. Yeah, and I think for that is often quite a natural route, isn't it, through through CEO and, and into governance, although it's not the only route into, into governance. Yeah, yeah. What is it about taking on more governance roles that appeals to you? Yeah, I, I think the fact that I can help, that I have a you know, lot of experience from a obviously operational perspective, and so I know where the boundaries should be struck, but also I after all these years, I know a lot. And so it's about dispersing my knowledge and sharing whatever it is I can. Of course, I was going to say that, of course, I have a number of social environment, social issues that I think exist today. And I may have one or two projects that I'm currently working on to try and break gaps and try to uplift our communities in different ways particularly as a result of COVID. So I'm involved in a few other things as well. Always keeping busy. I was going to say, sounds like it remains a a full life. And what career advice would you have for others? Very clear for me. It's just believe in yourself and be the best version of who that is. Plain and simple. Lovely. Nice and clear and simple. And how has that helped you in your career? Oh, immensely. I, in fact, now don't compromise who I am. I make sure that it's me at all times, that I'm present and who I am, that I bring to the table what I know. Yeah, so it's just being the best version of you. Lovely. Wonderful. Great advice. Teresa, it's been fascinating to hear about your career. I had no idea that you you started working over in Denmark. (laughs) And I love to see that circularity of coming back into digital banking, back into your career, but also loved hearing about that really strong sense of purpose and service that you can see has a passion that's that that fills you and that that gives you purpose in in your work. So thank you very much. I really appreciate you sharing your your story with, with me today. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Female Career Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. For more inspiring stories of women of Aotearoa and their careers, subscribe to the Female Career Podcast via Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you like to listen so that you never miss a story. You can also take a look at our website, thefemalecareer.com, where we feature the stories. And if you subscribe to our mailing list, you can have career advice and inspiration delivered directly to your inbox. Thanks for your support and I look forward to you joining us again soon.